My friend, welcome. My name is Joe Bakmotsky. I want to welcome you to the happy you. I just want to cheer you on if you're going through a difficult time. I just want to let you know that I'm, I'm here for you. I, I really deeply believe that we are all, we are all capable of so much more than we think, especially when it comes to our ability to give, because we have so much to give, to grow towards our, our hopes, towards our, towards our dreams, and most importantly, in our incredible capacity to heal. To heal especially from trauma, from difficult circumstance, from living with uncertainty. And that healing journey, it's, it's always different for all of us. And yet, we have so much in common. I want to share with you uh, what, what I think is going to be a, is a beautiful conversation with a friend of mine, a Chiro, who is an artist, who, who's been through things. We talk about what it is like to be on your healing journey that we all are on. And Chiro is sharing some of the things that really make a difference for her. I love what she represents. I love what she brings into the world. And I'm sure that you will too. So my friend, thank you so much for being here. I honor you. I honor your experience. I honor the feelings that you have. Let's get into it today. You know, Chiro, we met over mm-hmm. like just being creative and, and, and I saw you in your element I saw you doing your art and I was just really moved by you know the emotional depth that you have and, and also I was also loved this whole kind of precision that I, I feel like you bring to what you do so I kind of, I, I really I really love that like how you bring that into your art yeah. so tell me Achiro like how did you like start out as an artist Huh, that's a very good question. Ah, um, I think I began by writing. Um, and by writing, I mean us uh, transcribing books for people. Like they'd, they'd literally like speak into a recorder or write um, mental notes and then I'd put it together into a book, you know? And that's when I realized, oh, okay, I'm actually good at this thing. Um, and then a bit later, I think it was... Uh, after I left the airlines and I was about 26 years old and there was a call and as a first of its kind, there was a call for, for, uh, radio writers, ah. radio play writers. And it had never been done in Uganda. There had never been a radio play or anything like that. And they were gonna, um, uh, part of the interview was going to be like, you literally are creating this radio drama. And then they would see who it was that was really good at this. And then they would actually train you on how to do it, how to create it, how to write it, how to develop it, basically. So that's how I got into now creating and actually using my creativity. Um, Soon after that, I began writing for um, a newspaper and I was writing uh, uh, a weekly column. And that's when I began now experimenting with just imagination, but also imagination from the point of view of what had real life experience. So it was actually fiction, I mean, nonfiction, but then it was interesting in that um, I was like almost relating an experience that any and everybody could have experienced. I was traveling in a public service a vehicle, you know, and I think slowly by slowly, I started coming to my element in terms of creation, in terms of, of creativity, in terms of imagination. And then also that I began noticing the things that are happening around me. And that's when the series of um, 
the things in Northern Uganda were happening because I'm from Northern Uganda and I was exiled within my country because um, we couldn't travel up north because of the war, right? The civil war that was taking place. And so I started getting interested in terms of if no one is going to tell these stories because we're living in Kampala and it was cut off from like Northern Uganda. But it was almost like people were oblivious about what was happening up north. So because it was my homeland, I felt almost a responsibility to want to tell these stories. And that is where the emotional connection started coming in. That's where this other play, the play that we met on, came about. Um, and that's when most of my other creative things, that's when I did my first film, short film that actually was also based on one of the stories there. Just because I wanted to be a voice of these people who clearly could not or no one was talking about, or nobody cared about type thing, right? Um, so that's when I really started to soar in terms of creativity, in terms of storytelling, in terms of just getting my voice out there. And then I was, I'm lucky to be one of those creatives who is actually good at different media. So I can write prose. Um, I can write for radio. I can write for TV because I also did some training in it. And I also can write for film. The one thing I can't do is write poetry. <laughs> when it comes out, it's actually accidental. But then, yes. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really how I started getting to my element as a writer. And I love how you started. You were kind of uh, thrust into it or thrown into it. Because yeah. like, you were almost like, like, as you said, you're transcribing what people did. So you had to kind of almost translate somebody's vision but also put something of you in it mm -hmm. and then kind of that that i love that experience of going through the radio interview yeah. process right because you were yeah. you were kind of you you were creating you know before you ever got the gig right like so you you kind of started exactly doing it, right? exactly that's exactly how it happened and that's beautiful and i love them that you then said i i was struck when you said that i wanted to be the voice for those people mm. Right. It's it's mm. almost like taking it's going beyond yourself. Like you're going, yes. okay, here is my story, but there's also there is kind of the, the, the universal story that is happening right here. Uh well at the time it was northern Uganda, but I mm -mm. you you took that story and, and, and but you were still like channeling it through you. So so how much of then like of your art, like how much of that comes from that place of your own personal experience and how much of it is you know kind of comes from the creative or the the universal story i think it's a mishmash <laughs> because um in almost all my creations um i put myself into that situation so it might be an international or a national uh, issue but then I, i i think about it in terms of how is this affecting me And if there's anything that has happened to me, like directly or anything likewise, that is what I put into my story. So I'd say it's a mishmash, but also a 50-50 sometimes, because there are times like 100% a story is based on me, even if I, I fictionalize it. And then uh, there are times when 100% it's based on a story that I've heard from somebody. And, oh, okay, that rings true to me. And then I put it into, like I create alongside the, those lines. So I, I'd say I mishmash it many times. Absolutely. And I, I know that you write a lot about different, like 
traumatic experiences. And mm. I know that's also it's also a part of my world. It's part of something that mm. we kind of connected around as well. So uh, I know that for me, writing about traumatic experience, whether it's in the terms that happened to me or whether it's kind of inspired by those experiences. Well, I don't know if inspired is the right word, but it's kind of mm. brought about as, as, a, as a force through through some of those experiences. Mm. Especially what helps me when I, in a moment when I'm being like my true authentic self and I'm really sharing something that comes from somewhere deep inside. Uh, but taking that like that, that really personal, that, that really um, maybe difficult or traumatic mm. experience, how does it work for you? I think it, for me, many times it actually affects me as I'm writing. But at the same time, I almost become one with the character that I'm trying to, whose story I'm trying to tell, be it mine or somebody else's. And while I'm doing it, there are times I cry, there are times I'm happy, there are times I'm sad. Um, but at the same time, for me as an artist, then I come out saying, okay, if I am feeling this as I am writing it, then people out there will feel every single emotion. As compared to if I am so removed from it, that I don't even like experience it with my characters, um, then I, I, I somehow feel like then people won't feel it. So I try not to remove myself. I am in it as I am writing it. I see this person. I feel their pain. I feel their tears. I laugh with them when there's a laughing moment. And I do try to, to put a little, little, little bits of humor here and there. But yes, um, it's hard. I, it's, I think it's hard being a, a trauma writer, so to speak. But at the same time, it's also healing. Because for me, then I start to think, especially later in life, like before I fled Uganda, um, I'd been to my homeland and I was interviewing different people, family, friends and strangers about their experience during the war in Northern Uganda. And the way they would speak about it, Yes, you'd see a sadness, but then you'd see a, a resilience in them. And for me, I think that gave me strength in terms of if they can survive it, surely I, I'll survive, like even as I'm writing these stories. So as traumatic a, a story as it might be and as down as it might get me, I also like to think about the other side, the people who came through on the other side. And I'm like, oh, my God, they made it through this whole mayhem. And that gives me strength to keep going. Otherwise, yeah, many times I'd probably just abandon a story because it's too painful. But that's what keeps me going, to be honest. What are some of the stories that you've come across that, that really touched you or really affected you? Okay. More recently, actually, I was working on a book more recently about the stories in Northern Uganda, and I'm entitling it The, the War Song. And it was based on a couple of interviews I'd had with a couple of aunties and uncles back home. They are, they are very old, in their late uh, 80s, early 90s. And they went through the war in northern Uganda, you know. And some of the stories that they told me were things about how people came into their houses, beat them up. And they're old. This this happened um, twenty uh, as recent as 2006, you know. So... The, the idea that somebody is beating up an old person um, and then abducting their children. One of them lost a child 
Uh, one of them had to step over the body of a child. Then when they're telling you stories about the way they were hiding, like they'd hide in water bodies. And she, my auntie would say, things bit us when we're in the water, but it was the only place to be safe. You know, like some of the things they tell you are almost so unimaginable. Like honestly speaking, unless someone had told me this story, I would never be in a situation to imagine like, oh, this is probably what people will do in a war zone, you know? Um, and then how maybe like when they had very little food left and then because they've run to hide, but they couldn't go with their food. And then maybe the, the rebels would come and uh, and, and defecate or, or, or urinate in their food so that it was unconsumable. So they'd have to throw it away. Or there are times when some, one of my aunties said, if you, if you are a woman with many children, you just pick one or two and run with them. The others would have to fend for themselves or stay and die or be abducted. Like, some of these stories were so heart-wrenching that, so yeah, so these are a couple of the stories that stayed with me and really are birthing um, other stories. Um, and then also, like, when you talk about the the, the story that we met on, The Child Bride, um, this one was, I, I'd, I'd met a child mother. She was 12 years old um, and had been raped by a rebel when she was eight and got pregnant when she came back with a child, then she was being ostracized by her family. So I met her in, there was a school, there was a school for child mothers, children who had, and it was, imagine a school of children aged between say 10 and 14, and all of them have children. Insane. I know, you know, <laughs> and either they have been raped by rebels or they've been raped by their uncles or, you know, and it was just beyond insane. But yes, that is kind of where all my stories come from. But those are the kind of stories I was listening to, you know? Achira, that's one of the stories, or sorry, not stories, but that's one of the things. And I think you might have alluded to it when you said uh, resilience. That was, I was in, in the child bride uh, and uh, the, in the play. What's one of the mm. things that really struck me was how matter of fact people like like their experience was like they talked oh about God, it yes. like most horrific things like really traumatic experiences uh, like uh, you, but they talked about it like it was it was just it was part of life and exactly isn't it like the, isn't that 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 fascinating that the things we go through they like we, we somehow we are forced to to find ways of living with those things and keep going. Mm. So true, very true. Because at the end of the day, you have a choice: either keep going or break down and let it break you. You know, and and my auntie said it this way. She said, "If I wanted to die, I would have stayed and waited for them to kill me." But I ran and hid because I wanted to live. So even after that, then I have to live. Otherwise, I might as well have stayed and died, you know? So I think it's the same thing. If it doesn't kill you, you you've got to get up and keep going. So, yeah. Yeah, it's survival. It's survival, achieval. Oh, my God, it's survival. Oh, my God. It really is. It is survival. Oh. But, yeah. Yeah. Achira, what about the difficult memories? Painful mm. memories, difficult moments. How do we deal with that? Uh, uh, how do we talk about it? Do we find ways to 
to, to get it out of ourselves. What's your take on that? I've found different ways of dealing with different memories. One way is I, I have a journal. So I, I write in my journal, put down everything, whether it's bad dreams or bad memories. As they come, I put them in my journal. Um, two, I also started writing letters to myself um, or letters to say or address it to somebody else, but then it's coming back to me so I can read it. So a letter of, let's say, a memory and stuff like that. So I, I also do letter writing. I frequently post letters to myself, um, telling of stories and things like that. Then I also started doing therapy, you know, where I'm actually talking to a, a professional that doesn't know me, will probably never see me again, and I can just be. And the only person that would probably know any and everything that is not in my books, in my films, like my innermost pain, you know. And that, for me, I think is one of the ways that I really have started to deal with things. Because until I started seeing a therapist, I, I didn't know how damaged or how the memories of my past, be it the war memories or the memories I have so soaked in uh, for my experiences of other people or my own memories had kind of like handicapped me, you know? As much as, yes, they give me, uh, my outlet is, I think, making my art. Because that's another way that I deal with all these memories. I make art out of them. So either write a book, make a film, make a play, something, but have it out in the world. And for me, in many ways, that kind of helps me heal, you know, or at least helps me deal with it, so to speak. Um, and that has helped. Actually, even the, the art form, I think, is one of the most, for me, the most successful ways that I've been able to deal with trauma, you know. Um, because even before the therapist and everything, I was making film about the traumatic experiences and all these things. So yeah, I think it's art has really like almost saved me, I should say, you know. So yeah. I really connect with that because it's happened, it's been true for me for many, many years. You know, I mm -hmm. started doing music, uh, and that mm -hmm. was a form of self-therapy when i was you know a teenager i would be mm -hmm. writing things and i almost had no concept of what they were like things were just mm -hmm. coming out like it was i would be you know i would just some all of a sudden just like grab a guitar and i would be like uh, playing something i would be writing some words and that would be just coming mm -hmm. out I, I almost had no control over what they would be it, <laughs> and so it's it becomes a process where you get it out of you and i think over time i learned to have some semblance of control over what was happening but i think it's as you say it's i love the idea of you you writing letters to yourself like that, yes. that it's almost like it's almost kind of putting a distance and you're telling a story and there's mm. there's an also an element of like uh like crossing between you know memory and reality and mm. and then putting a lens where you can kind of reflect on that and sometimes those mm -hmm. things they can coexist as well right like the memories uh, but also like some kind of a creative expression like it's okay when they run side by side isn't it mm -hmm. and, and i i feel like also like these are all the things when you talk about healing uh it's all part of self-expression 
right? And yes. I, and I also love how you talked about the therapy because I've recently started doing therapy. It's uh, love mm -hmm. it. <laughs> I really love it. I can't mm -hmm. believe I haven't done it before uh, because mm -hmm. it speaks to similar experiences. And as as you just described, but I also feel like that is another form of self-expression because i yes. always thought thought that like therapy you know it's like like a cliche you you know you, you lie on the couch <laughs> and, and, and you talk about your mother or whatever but it's it's really it's different and and i wish mm. i knew that before that it's actually not something that's done to you but something that is done uh well first of all for you but also with you and you are kind of you know directing that process in as much mm. Uh, maybe in a different manner, but um, but but in as much as, for example, when you are journaling, maybe, or when you are mm -hmm. creating your right, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely, most definitely. All that different um, outlets, I think, have their own, I'd say, power in terms of the healing process. You know, yeah. because they they affect you differently. You know whether it's now you're speaking to a therapist and somebody's listening to you or you're making art and it's on the stage and you're seeing it or you're, you know, I think each of those different forms speaks to a different um, healing process, so to speak. Absolutely. And, yeah. mm. and Achira, you know, I, I, I love at the moment the idea of being on a healing journey. I've yeah. really connected with this idea and uh, i never really liked the metaphor of a journey until now i don't know maybe because it's <laughs> cliche or whatever and I, <laughs> but now i really get it like it really speaks to me because i guess because a journey you know it's something that it doesn't have to go right or it doesn't have to go straight you can kind of yes. figure things out as you go along the way yes. like, how do you think about it I also think the reason why a, a journey sounds more, I'd say, right, is because it's not like there's an end to it, you know? So it's like you are still going and it's at your pace. It's at your, like like you said, there are no turns. There's, there's no straight line or whatever. It really is up to you. So it's a journey. But also the thing about a journey is you can tell if you're getting tired if you need replenishment, if you need to rest. So I think that's also the beauty of what this healing journey is because along the way, then you start to think, am I getting better? Am I not? What makes me feel better when I do this or that? What, you know, so you actually are getting to learn things about yourself, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's very fitting to call it a journey because of those different aspects. Absolutely. And I love that like, you speak to this, like listening to yourself, understanding mm -hmm. what's right for you, learning yes. about what helps you feel better, What, mm -hmm. whether am I on the right track? Is this thing that is helpful to me? Because so much of our lives, uh, at least I'm speaking certainly about myself here, you kind mm -hmm. of, you, 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 you're an autopilot. Like things is just kind of happening and, and you're dealing with things and you don't often get the time to stop and to, and to reflect, to, to change things, to, to do what's right for you, right? 110%. Mm -hmm. And then many times, I mean, your life is also 
micromanaged by life around you and people around you and people's schedules or work schedules or life schedules. So, yeah. So your healing journey is yours. It's something that you can take control over because everything else takes control of everything else, you know? So. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's sure. That's, I love the wisdom <laughs> of that, but yeah, 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 yeah. Everything else is, is, well, it's up to everything else. It's all about finding, yeah, it's finding what you can control, where you can put yes. your energy into, where, where you can direct uh -huh. Like like your feelings and 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 your emotions and allowing yourself to feel, like it's yes. I know it's it's just such a um you know just recently I noticed that this year you know when I I guess this whole, I, I've been a new phase of my, you know healing <laughs> and self acceptance <laughs> journey I found myself feeling like a great depth of emotions that I haven't mm -hmm. felt before in a long time. Sometimes mm -hmm. like I, I would like something I was the other day I, I was um, uh, like, I think just in my car driving and had this mm -hmm. inspiration for an idea of something that was happening inside the play of how two characters would be interacting. And there was this guardian spirit. But mm -hmm. in that moment, there was also me having a conversation, you know, with my, late grandfather and i thought those mm -hmm. the conversation even though it was happening in the play and even though i was having a separate conversation with my, with my grandfather and they were kind of those realities were merging and i remember i stopped the car and i was writing things down on my phone and mm -hmm. as i was writing as I, I i had like i i, I tears rolling out of my eyes and mm -hmm. it was because all of this like I think it was because I was allowing myself to feel that. I was allowing myself to yeah. go to places yeah. emotionally where probably yeah. before I was just numbed out or like mm -hmm. scared of things, you know? Yes, 100%. And another thing I'd probably say to that is because for me, I think the conversations that I would want to have, for example, are like with my late parents or, with, you know? with people who I honestly can never have a conversation with now. And one way that I've been able to do that is by writing them letters. So I'd literally write to my mom, post the letter back to me, but then the letter inside is dear mom and then love Achiro at the end. And then I would reply it as dear Achiro and then basically say what it is that she's probably saying or what I'd hope she'd say. And then down is dear mom. And for some reason, it helped me during my healing process, you know, because then I'm like, oh, okay. So we're still having a conversation, you know, and having all these lovely things. So it's, I think it, even just allowing, this is what I think. It's more than even just allowing yourself to feel. It's also allowing yourself to heal because there's also a choice where you decide you are just going to wallow and just stay in the pain and just stay in the feelings and just stay in the trauma and actually refuse to find a way to move forward or refuse to attempt like to confront things. I don't know. Um, I think it also comes down to you really wanting to feel because I've, I think I've met a friend or two um, and there are times when you speak to them and they've been in therapy even longer than you, but they are almost, I'd say, worse off. 
But then when you speak to them, you realize they enjoy where they're at. They enjoy the pain, phrase, uh, pain phase. They enjoy the complaining phase. They enjoy the... And I'm like, you need to move on. You need to let this go type thing. That's why I was saying, I think it's more than just allowing yourself to feel. It's also allowing yourself to heal. Otherwise, I kid you not, those feelings can overpower you. And you'll end up remaining in a circle of feelings, so to speak. So, yeah. I'm with you it's, on it's, that. I'm with you on that. This, this journey is, this journey of healing, this journey of feeling is, it honestly is personal. I don't think there's any two ways. I guess it's like you, like we said, um, find a way that works for you and run with it, you know? Or keep trying new things, you know? So different things, different things. <laughs> I tried drawing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No wonder my art teacher didn't allow me to take art when I was in high school. <laughs> you were so oh, my God. I tried to draw, like, just to, like, express myself in another art form. Oh, it was horrible. Even I could see it was horrible. You know how they say when it's your baby, you always think it's beautiful? <laughs> no, this wasn't beautiful. It was so ugly. Oh, my goodness. So I decided to buy coloring books instead and decided, oh, color. They're already pictures, so I'll just color. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yes, just different ways to try and heal or feel. I don't know. It's a personal journey. It really is. There are no two ways that are the same for any two people. Absolutely. And I love that you also, you tried something and mm -hmm. it really didn't work out. And that's okay. That's cool. It's not. It's not some big deal. It's not like end of the world. Oh my goodness! Achira is not super talented at every single thing out in the world. So oh, no. that's that's really important. So Achira, what is advice do you have for someone who they want to express themselves? Maybe mm. they're dealing with a traumatic situation in their life, something that might be in the past, might be mm. in the present. They're going through a difficult time, um, and they want to find a way to kind of express themselves but maybe they don't really know where to turn or or where to start or mm -hmm. if they're on the right tracks like what, what are some of the um thoughts or advice could you share on that front um i know this is probably gonna sound cliche because even therapists try and say this or even teachers or whatever but i think journaling is the best way to start and then there are people who will say oh i can't journal because i can't write then record yourself speak to speak like the whole idea is to get it out into the world. If you can't speak to a therapist or find a trusted friend that you think can bear it or will listen to you without judgment or whatever, which is very hard. I think, but to be honest, journaling for me, I think is the one thing that you don't have to be a writer to journal. You really don't. Because if, if, if you can sign a check, you can write. That's what I think, you know? If you can write your name, you can write. So begin by journaling and just write all these things down there. Write letters to yourself. Sadly, the letter writing and posting has become a forgotten, a forgotten tool, so to speak, you know. But for me, I think that for me has been the most, the most healing, even beyond journaling. Like just write that letter. Tell yourself what it is you want to say or tell that person or, or, or write your feelings out on paper. Put them in an envelope, post it to yourself. When it comes back, read it, reply that, you know, like just keep it going, just keep it going. Or 
Um, and one thing I've also done that I'd also advise other people is find a friend or two that you write a letter to. You don't even have to tell them your issues. Just write to say hello. Write to tell them about the weather. Write to tell them about what's happening in your life. Trust me, it helps. It helps just being in communication with another human being. Some people will reply you. I've had situations where I've written people letters and they've replied by text and says, oh, thank you, I sent, I got your letter. And I'm like, you need to reply it. <laughs> like, write a letter and post it. But anyway, so yeah, I'd, the advice I'd say is try journaling. Try, if you can afford it, see a therapist. I do know that some places do offer free therapy. Um, and then letter writing. Letter writing for me, I think, is... It's a tool, it's a forgotten tool, but no wonder people of old had ways to like manage things because they were constantly t communicating with each other one way or another, you know? Um, so things like that, I'd say. But yeah, if you can't write, record yourself. Everybody has a phone these days that has a recorder. If you can get a recorder, even better. And then you can always delete it. You don't have to keep it if you're worried about people finding it. The idea is to get it out into the world, into the universe. And then for people who believe in speaking to the universe, stand outside and talk. I speak to the universe all the time. I speak to God all the time. I speak to Santa all the time. People might laugh. People might call them superficial. It works for me. Because if I can't sit down and talk to a human being and tell them my innermost pains or hurts, I'm going to talk to the universe and just say, I'm having a bad day today. Please help me. I'll cry out into the universe. Oh my God, I remember when so-and-so hurt me. I, I want to forgive them. Help me forgive them. Like, just talk to the world. Just shout into the world. It really does help. And then find different ways that almost... I like coloring now. Like I said, I tried to draw and failed. But coloring helps. I think just find... Diff I'd advise anybody to find different things that make them happy. I'd say avoid shopping because for the longest time I, 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 was, I was shopping, but it was depleting my bank account. It did help me in terms of emotions, but ooh, it's not funny on your bank account. So more proactive things, you know? <laughs> so I don't know if that's been helpful in any way, but those are the things that worked for me and are still working for me. So I'm not, I can't necessarily say, oh, it's done. It's a done deal. No, 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 it's not. So, yeah, on my journey, these are things that I'm doing and things that I keep on doing and repeating. And if you're an artist, do your art. Trust me, there'll be days when you don't feel like it because you're like, what's the point? But when you actually sit down and do a, a piece of work or write on a particular thing, there's a sense of fulfillment for me, I feel, that comes with it, that comes with telling a story. So... Yeah, different ways, different ways. Just get it out there. I think. Oh, that is beautiful, Achira. Oh, I love it, love it. That's really advice from the heart. Yes, and I mm. love the idea of speaking into the universe. I, yeah. I, I think that's so powerful. I do a lot of that. I started doing that, mm. just walking and and asking myself questions and answering questions and. And I, sometimes I would I would do that, you know, every night. And sometimes people would walk past me and look at me like I was weird. But I, I me too, <laughs> <laughs> me too. Whether it's night or day, and thank God these days for masks because then you can talk to yourself behind the mask. And yeah, who's gonna say or think or whatever? But yes, but I do that a lot. Like I walk and talk to myself, and for me, it also now helps me with exercise because then I call them my prayer walks. 
So I walk talking, I walk praying, I, t- I walk speaking, I walk, you know? So, yeah, like you have to find what works. You have to find what works. Let people call you weird. It's your journey, not theirs. If anything, they're calling you weird because they are going on their own journey and having their own issues. So, yeah, you have to stick with it. You have to stick with it. And it, it, it shouldn't even be like you're limiting yourself to one thing. Try and do different things and see what works for people. See what will work for you, you know? Seriously, so. That's beautiful, Chiro. <laughs> and listen, if somebody wanted to find out more about what you do, uh, about your art, where would they go? What would they do? Oh, I have a website uh, that's after my name. So it's achiropolwatch.com. So there you can find everything about my work. You can find how to communicate with me and start a conversation, really. Um, so, yeah, so my work that I've done, my works that I'm doing right now and my works that are coming up, you know. So, yeah, you can find everything on my website. You can find me on social media, but I'm only on two, I think, and more active on one. I'm on Twitter as Achiro P. I'm on Instagram, same same tag, uh, Achiro P. But I'm less, I'm not a picture person. <laughs> so unless I'm posting a piece of my work, um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm more on Twitter, but yeah, so. Yeah, beautiful, Achiro. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for being here. Thank you for the healing journey. I love our thank connection because I think we come, we come from the same world somewhere out there. So yeah. um, thank you for what you do. And I just look forward to you know, going on our healing journeys and staying in touch. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hey, my friend, this is Joe Bakmoski, and thank you so much for tuning in to The Happy You, the show where we talk about how to find happiness in your life if you've been to the place of struggle. Listen, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it's been useful in some way. And if it has, then check out my book, Finding Hope in Times of Uncertainty, a guide to thriving in the challenging world of today. Listen, in this book, I talk about my experience of going through cancer and mental health and various difficulties of my life to really share with you well, the best things of what I've learned about how to stop worry from taking over your life. Really, how to find joy in those small, everyday things so that you feel excited about life again. How to really find a greater sense of confidence so that you can reach your goals faster. How to forge even stronger bonds with people in your life. And ultimately, how to rekindle your sense of purpose and belonging so that you're looking forward to the future and so that you can share your hope with people around you. If this sounds like something you might be interested in, then go and check it out at awayfromuncertainty.com. I'm going to give you some super special bonuses for you there if you want to get the book. I'm going to tell you more about in the video on this book website, but this is ultimately where you can check it out and find out more. So please go to awayfromuncertainty.com. Thank you for being here. I'll see you next time.